Good morning, Stuart. Morning, Megan. Boy, I I hate modern electronics. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Oh my God. I'm in a car and of course when you get on, you have to respond to Zoom and say, Yeah, I understand they're recording the session. But it oh. doesn't bring that up on, on my car screen where everything else is. I have to actually pick up the phone to do that. Of course. Of course. Oh dear. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, well, I don't have any specific questions to answer this week. So if you have any topics we can uh, or questions, we can jump right in. We'll see if anybody else shows up. Yep. Sure. Tracy. Is it is that's it just great. is it just me right now? I can't tell. Tracy just uh, just popped in. Just Hi, pop Tracy. Okay. Good morning. Good morning, morning Tracy. Just, Hi, Stuart. I was just telling Stuart Tracy that um, no specific questions this week were written in. So um, anything that you guys have, we can just go ahead and get started. Okay. Well, I've not been doing awesome the last couple of weeks. I think I said last week it kind of had started. I wasn't too concerned yet. And it's really still kind of going downhill back consistency issues and okay yeah uh, not even knowing like how to market on the bristol scale kind of kind of constipated feeling but kind of soft very messy you know not a lot of relief so very very subpar and sort of you know reminiscent of how it was a year ago which is frustrating yeah there's no known cause or trigger yeah you know when I see a pattern like that pop up, that's kind of been creeping up over time, so to speak, uh, because that that's correct me if I'm wrong. That's kind of how it sounds, right? It, this wasn't like an overnight thing, but it kind of gradually came on a little bit over, over the course of a handful of weeks. Yeah, to some extent, I think, you know, there were signs that were there like, Oh, less than ideal, less than ideal, but I've, I've had that before. Yeah. Um, I would say it was a fairly quick turn within a couple of weeks though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So not, not overnight, but a like, oh, this is coming. Oh, is this really? Oh yeah, it is. You know, like pretty distinct kind of, kind of switch. Yeah. And this is not always the case, but a lot of times some kind of environmental trigger is the cause of that, whether it's food, whether it's drink, whether it's stress, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever. For some people, fluctuating hormones can do it. Um, the, those would be the things that I would probably be thinking about. Um, you know, it's it's certainly possible, though it's always possible there's something else going on, right? Um, I don't know if anything on, on the... Um, supplement front has changed for you recently, but certainly that, that can play a role. Um, sometimes, you know, something really works for a period of time and then you almost get like this honeymoon period or phase when you come off of it. And then, um, you know, the, the effects start mm -hmm. to wear off. If it was something that was more to, um, you know, address symptoms versus get at a root cause or, or sometimes, you know, 
maybe it was getting in a root cause and it just, just kind of didn't solve it all the way. Uh, right. But those would be the things that I would probably be be thinking about. Um, you know, so trigger, and this is partially why I didn't think too much into it when it started. Um, I, so I was in Ohio. So just being thrown off with time zones and sleeping and, yeah. and eating to some extent, though nothing was nothing was terribly off, but, but you're out of your environment. Um, so when I came home and, you know, a few days of, of less than ideal, I didn't think that much of it, but when it kept not going away and getting worse and getting more reminiscent of what it used to be, um, you know, and through the last nine months of being good, I've had periods of constipation, diarrhea, not ideal, but not, not back to this consistency issue and kind of kind of neither kind of both as far as diarrhea constipation like just sort of a weird um but yeah so yeah and trigger could could something related to travel yeah um estradiol cream that the local estrogen cream I've been using that's the one thing that sort of does fit with the time frame of when I upped the dose of that interesting um it's not a systemic estrogen it's just local yeah um so when you said hormonal, you know, I wondered about that. Possibly. Um, I'll, I'll see as we're talking here, if I can find any, anything, um, on PubMed to suggest that something, you know, that's local transdermally delivered would, you know, to, I, I, I don't have any reason to believe that some of it wouldn't get into the systemic circulation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's just going to happen. But um, I don't know off the top of my head if, if, you know, how much of a contributing factor that could be based off sure. of mechanism. Certainly, my gut tells me it's possible, especially if the, the timing kind of fits. Um, and, you know, with a lot of these things, sometimes we we try to get to one one thing that's a cause. And sometimes there is one thing that kind of, it, it certainly could but be. not usually. <laughs> no, but it's usually a confluence of factors, right? Yeah. So maybe the travel was like the kind of the thing that set it off and then you know, things since then have kind of just kind of added a little bit of fuel to the fire, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you, um, are you noticing other positive effects with the transdermal estrogen cream? Not really. Min- minimal, okay. I'd say. Are you going to be um, testing or is, is there a, a like follow-up tests or something that you're going to be doing with the, the prescribing physician for that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting more blood work done tomorrow that I'm meeting with him again next week. So that's the doctor testing the hormone levels and thyroid stuff. Okay. And so if, uh, if after this, the local cream, um, and gained a little bit of weight still, um, not as much as they'd wanted me to, but after that long, I think it was about six months ago, I last saw him. Um, and this time around, if numbers are still low, then I would probably take a systemic estrogen. Okay discuss that with him at least mm-hmm. yeah yeah sometimes sometimes um you know certain delivery systems whether it's you know oral transdermal whatever um just work better for different systems um mm-hmm. different people so that's that's definitely something to um to consider especially if it's not you know moving the markers in the right direction as, as you want would like to see um, with the, the consistency, with it being like, so, so s- sticky kind of, you know, messy on the toilet and on me would like, 
the nutritionist had mentioned bile production and like fatty foods Mm -hmm. possibly being a contributing factor or how to increase bile production, like eating bitter things. And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it certainly is a potential cause of, of that kind of stool consistency. Um, and eating like either supplementing with digestive bitters or eating, um, you know, things like, you know, chewing on a little bit of ginger before you eat or having a little bit of, um, you know, something like bitter greens in a salad at the start of your meal with like arugula and mustard greens and dandelion greens and things like that. Radishes, um, those all have, uh, so, you know, some, some bitter qualities to them that can help the body produce bile and other digestive, you know, secretions. So you could certainly try something like that. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is that digestive enzymes you were taking, um, mm-hmm. those, they don't have any kind of bile acids in there, but, um, you know, they certainly do have lipase. So it's possible that you have some kind of, you know, fat malabsorption issue and those were helping with them. Um, there are, there are different products that basically have, you know, lipase and bile acids and, and stuff like that, that you can try, um, you know, that can, that can be helpful for this kind of thing. But, um, what about eating fewer fatty foods was something she was. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's certainly an option. Um, you know, you'll have to get calories from somewhere. So that means probably increasing carbohydrate load, which, you know, as, as long as you can do it volumetrically speaking, I don't see any problem with that. Um, you know, especially if you do have some fat malabsorption, maldigestion, that's causing some, you know, inflammation or, 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 um, you know, stool inconsistencies, uh, then that might actually be a really positive thing for you to, to switch to, you know, just more of a moderate fat, higher carbohydrate load versus, you know, higher fat, more moderate carbohydrate. Um, that would certainly be an easy thing to just try right off the bat. So in that case, if you can, you know, I would be maybe be thinking about ways to get, um, you know, still whole food carbohydrates that are, but that are a little bit more dense, um, per, per amount of volume. So, you know, bananas versus berries, um, even some dry fruit versus always having whole fruit. Um, you know, I I know you're doing whole grains and legumes. Those, those tend to be, you know, more calorie dense than trying to get, um, you know, your carbs from sweet potatoes all the time. Um, so I think those, those kind of little tricks can be helpful for just for, for getting more calories in when you are, you know, cutting back mm-hmm. fat and trying to increase the carbs. So when the switch happened in the spring though, when, when improvement was made kind of in a similar, like not overnight, but, mm-hmm. but pretty quick, like went from not good to good in a couple week period and pretty much stayed. I was eating very high fat at the time, probably even more so than I am now. And then, but that's what I go to think about with everything now. Like, I mean, you know, everything I'm thinking of as a possible trigger. It's like, well, I was doing that then, you know, which right. is frustrating, Again, but multivariable, yeah. you know, right. um, were you taking this, di- the healthy gut digestive enzymes at the time? I was taking all that healthy gut stuff at that time, which, yeah. yeah. So it's possible it that those supplements money, but- were, and I'm not saying uh, recommending you even go back well, on them, but, um, it's possible that those supplements were allowing you to better digest all of that, you know, fat in your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe your baseline level of, you know, 
gut being able to process fat is just a little bit lower on the fat scale. Um, so uh, personally, I think, I mean, one option would certainly be to try to go back on, on the supplements. Mm-hmm. The other option would, like you said, just be to, to drop the fat load for, you know, two or so weeks and increase the carbohydrates and see how you feel, uh, see how the quality of your, of your stools change. Um, you know, it, it's possible there's also some other contributing, you know, inflammatory trigger from the diet that's at least not making matters better, uh, even if it's not like the root cause. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's always, always difficult to, to pinpoint right. because like, well, as, as you've kind of determined, a lot of times it's not oh, I add gluten back in and I have an immediate reaction. It's I add it back in over the course of time and, you know, amounts matter and types matter and all these things. And sometimes you just kind of get this low grade chronic inflammation that creeps in. And then, you know, you're, you're kind of back to, um, you know, having, having those stool inconsistency issues. Yeah. That that's kind of what I was thinking that low grade chronic and just, there's a tipping point and then it doesn't, and I kind of thought when it gets to that tipping point and okay, you clean back up, clean the diet back up and then it gets, gets better, but it's, it's not seeming too fairly quickly. Um, so I'm, I mean, I have been for the past couple of weeks, pretty good with eating and I'm going to start, you know, a little more, more rigidly, like, you know, caffeine or not, I'm sorry, not caffeine, <laughs> um, gluten, dairy, alcohol, and added sugars, processed foods, which none like dairy had been on the increase. And that was something I was thinking on vacation. I did have a meat and cheese tray one day, you know, at a thing that I wouldn't usually. So, I mean, dairy, and I ate most of a tub of yogurt by myself in a week while I was there. And I always have yogurt at home and I like it as a protein source, but I, I don't go through so much so quick. So yeah, possibly dairy, um, you know, out of all those things, the drinking, like we've talked about, is the only thing that I was doing more regularly. Um, so I'm not now, so I'm going to be, I guess, stricter for a couple of weeks with all of those things. And then also, I guess, throwing in the, the lower fat and I'm everything. Cause I've been eating loads of beans lately. I've been starting to have my homemade sauerkraut now that it's ready the last few weeks. I've had some of that every day. I was like, Oh, could that be it? Could it be the increase in bean, the dairy? And then I'm going to be back down to those. So, so limited again, still trying to gain weight. Like I want to watch that. Oh, now let's cut out the fat that wasn't even on the radar before. So just, and you kind of need to pick a thing or two to focus on, I guess. And yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you could certainly take the approach of, you know, reducing, um, or, or completely limiting dairy, gluten, alcohol yep. added yep. sugars for a period of time and not even touch the fat and see, see what happens there. Uh, or you can take the opposite approach, just do a lower fat approach, but keep all the other stuff in. Maybe you just kind of cut back where, where you mm-hmm. feel cutting back would be appropriate, um, versus doing everything at once. Because yes, that does get restrictive, especially if you have a goal of, you know, of keeping weight on putting weight on that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, the other option is to, to go one at a time, which, you know, I would probably do a couple at a time if we're talking about, you know, gluten and dairy, for example. Um, but I don't, uh, you know, because as we, as we've talked about, sometimes there can be multiple triggers. And then if you just remove one, you know, you don't see the, the benefit per se, 
Um, but I, I do also don't think that, you know, you necessarily need to go back to AIP. I think that, you know, me either. And thank you. you can probably, <laughs> you can probably keep in, you know, legumes and whole grains, especially if, if you're feeling okay with them. Yes. In theory, they have some anti-nutrients and compounds in them that could cause some gut inflammation, but, um, you know, again, we, we kind of have to be realistic here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, and the other lies, thing oh, I was going to say is like something like dairy, typically dairy is coming with a lot of fat. So something like that is, you know, if, if there are, if, if there's one food that could be, or one group of things that could be, you know, causing an issue through multiple mechanisms, um, or, or something like that, then that might be something to kind of highlight and target. Um, you know, if, if you do think yeah, that is an true. issue, dairy could be an issue by itself. The combination could be, could be problematic because dairy is typically high fat unless you're, you know, gravitating toward low yeah, fat I, options. I get the whole fat. Yeah. Um, and fat wise, like, you know, I usually have red meat. I mean, I always have meat usually two to three times a day. Often it's red meat. Um, if I am going to try a couple of weeks, would you just say less meat overall? Then how do you supplement the protein or just gravitate towards more, you know, white meat options or. Yeah. I, I think the leaner meats are fine. You know, and if if you can limit the the fattier meats to like one one meal a day versus all meal meals of the day or or two meals a day, I think that would probably be good. And then the other thing you can think of is your overall fat load at a particular meal. So if you're having you know really fatty ground beef or fatty you know steak, something like that, lamb, um, maybe you don't add a lot of fat. Like maybe you don't have a salad with an olive oil dressing, or maybe you don't cook a lot of your vegetables in a ton of fat. Maybe you're, you just like back off on the added fat for that meal. Maybe you don't have an avocado with that meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and think about the overall fat load for a given meal. And this is all, all overall fat load, not saturated fat, not a certain mm-hmm. kind. So the avocados and the olive oil and the, the nut butters, that's all adding to the fat load, not just the saturated fat from the dairy or the meat. Um, what about eggs? Two or three of those every day also. In theory, they could be a trigger. Um, but I, I, they would probably be the last thing I would remove, you know? Okay. That'll help if I'm going to limit the other stuff, still having those. And I just picked up four dozen from the (laughs) farmer down the road. So, oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it, again, certainly anything's possible, but I don't think that I would bother removing eggs just because they are such a good source of protein and nutrition, um, you know, and, and they're given your symptoms or they're unlikely a contributing factor, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the supplement Iberagast? Mm-hmm. That's another thing the dietitian had recommended or that I look into, have you have an experience with it or what are your thoughts? Yeah, it has some decent, um, some some decent science behind it it's been studied in, in the clinical literature so it's been shown to be helpful for reflux and um ibs like symptoms and bloating um personally speaking i've had mixed results with it some people don't find anything positive from it some people find that it's very helpful um it is a motility activator uh, or a motility agent prokinetic so um you know it kind of if if we're suspecting some motility issues which based off of you know, 
Historically, yes. Historically, yes. Um, it could be helpful. So uh, I don't think, you know, it's it's certainly something to consider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe you have to get it through Amazon, though, because I have not found it or or other online sources. We we don't carry it um, or Wellabate doesn't carry it. Um, okay. And it's uh, it's been a little bit hard to source in the past, but I, I think that Amazon is probably your best bet. It is on Amazon now. Yeah. And she'd also mentioned like dandelion root tea, milk thistle tea. I think that's along the, the bitters kind of stuff mm-hmm. you said. Chewing on ginger would be an easy one. Yeah. Yeah. You just get a, a knob of fresh ginger and chew on that, you know, five, 10 minutes before a meal. And you can do that. Yeah. I usually chop up ginger and put it in my tea. Then I end up eating it all out the chunks of the tea out of the end. So just there you go before a meal. Yeah. Um, do you think cold temperatures winter could be a trigger thinking of the timing of this like when it started a few years ago was the middle of winter when it got better was this past spring and now it's starting again in the winter so it's possible you know for some people winter time is kind of this is gonna sound a little bit hokey but almost like a little bit constricting you know like we're we're cold um our bodies are more, more constricted. We're not sweating and, and like opening up as much. So possibly from that perspective, um, yes, like it could be slowing motility or a contributing factor to slower Mm -hmm. motility. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Has, uh, has movement changed? That's another thing as far as winter time versus spring and summer. If, you know, types of movement, total amount of movement is definitely, you know, going to be helpful from the perspective of, just, you know, the, the gut microbiome, but also from the perspective of motility. Um, so, I mean, it certainly has changed different activities in the winter versus the summer and more movement in general in warmer weather, just yeah. commuting by bike to get places, but I'm, st- yeah, I'm I don't active. think it's, I'm still active. I don't think yeah. it's a, that would necessarily be the difference, you know, indoor rock climbing gym, skate skiing, and some occasional bike trainer rides and, and some lifting. So yeah, still, still active. Okay. That's good. Um, the, the other contributing factor, again, thinking about what changes seasonally, um, not just the temperature, but some people water intake significantly increases during the summer and like will decrease during the winter. So that could also be a contributing factor for, um, you know, stool quality and, and motility as well. Okay. And I was wondering too, even like daylight as far as circadian rhythms and stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And in the years in between when it started in the winter of 19 and didn't get better until the, the spring of 22, you know, there were a couple of winters in the middle there or summers in the middle there, I should say that it didn't get better. So that's again, not certainly not the only thing but just thinking of initial onset was winter mm-hmm. got better in spring and got that again in the winter that it could play a role. Yep. Certainly a potential contributing factor. All right. Well, I have to, after blood work, I should look on, I should look at your schedule and schedule with you here shortly since I'm getting blood work done tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. And again, if, um, you know, if, if I were in your shoes, I would probably pick, like either a lower fat, higher carb approach or, you know, 
removing or limiting those, you know, gluten, dairy, alcohol added sugars, mm-hmm. um, for, you know, a, a couple of weeks to see, yeah. see what happens. If, if it's a, if it's a fat thing, typically you'll see a pretty, pretty quick change versus some of those other foods. If they're kind of causing, causing some low grade inflammation, it's, it's a different, it's a little bit more of a slow evolving change. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if that changes, you know, your process. Sometimes it's easier to, to take a, a, an approach first that, um, you know, will potentially yield faster results, but yeah. it's uh, well, probably do both to some extent. I mean, the gluten dairy, I guess I wouldn't have to do the dairy. I mean, the, the gluten, I wasn't having very much of any way. And that's, if I'm going to be trying to be stricter on things, that's easy. Same with the added sugars and processed foods, like just not that many of them. Um, alcohol, a good idea probably while I'm trying to figure things out to eliminate it. The, the dairy is one, I guess I could think about, cause that is, a a nice supplement to a meal, a nice way to get protein when, if I'm limiting other things, mm-hmm. however, it tends to be the full fat, everything. So yeah. I'll, I'll probably do a couple of weeks of just trying mm-hmm. without the gluten dairy and looking at the fat. Yeah. And again, it doesn't have to be low fat per se, um, but it can be just a little bit more, you know, lower to moderate and then bumping up the carbs. Right. Well, and I'm, I definitely am pretty high fat, like avocados daily, eggs and nut butters daily, all the, the dairy and all the meat, all extra virgin olive oil a couple of times a day. So Mm -hmm. when adding up all the different kinds of fats, there's a lot yeah. And you know, fat, fat is important for lubrication. Like there, there's, you, you don't want to go too low fat, but too much of a fat load, especially like every time you eat every single day could potentially be problematic if there's some fat malabsorption. So, okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I definitely have some things to say, not necessarily about Tracy, although part of it's a joke. Sorry, Tracy. And that is, it must be, it must be something in the water because my sister's been totally screwed up for a week and a half. <laughs> Camaraderie. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. In my case, I definitely think there was a trigger, but it's funny because the trigger was a one time thing where I ate a couple pieces of pizza. I haven't eaten pizza in years. Some of the best pizza in the world I had. But, um, and that alone didn't seem to do it, but I, I probably got some seed oils over the weekend and I didn't feel, feel like I did anything that was that bad, but why I was must, I took me a solid week. Today was the, today and yesterday were the first days I felt like I was somewhat back to normal. My system is never ideal yet. So, um, I don't really know what the answer there is. And that's kind of, what I was going to say to Megan, where I end up is when I'm really good, um, if I have what I think of as being a pretty good bowel movement, there's still some mucus involved always, even if I have what looks like what I think is a good stool, it's got some mucus on the outside of it. Um, and, and then um, it's really common for me to have my best bowel movement is like between 4am and 6am sometime. And then not that long after that, I have issues of a loose stool, Mm -hmm. um, usually in the form of, um, some mucus, some anal leakage for lack of a better term, what a pleasant term that is. Um, and 
And then if I, like today, I had what kind of feels like sort of the best combination of things that I ever get to, which is I had a good stool at 4 a.m. I actually felt like I overate last night, which is pretty unusual. I felt really over full when I went to bed, but didn't need to go to the bathroom. Had a decent stool, but some mucus on the outside of it at 4 a.m. Had another bowel movement at 6 a.m., which was clearly sort of impendingly some it's it's really for me it's a weird deal because it's like well am i laying in bed and i'm sweating and i or i actually have some anal leakage (laughs) it's like that little um you know it's it shows up as something that looks like sweat in my underwear if i'm if or whatever um you know if i was out exercising it would look exactly the same but it's always like that where i seem to have that alternating and i wondered you know in my diets now it's back to really restrictive but it's pretty restrictive all the time and I just wondered if you had any thoughts of like a next thing I could try in terms of, you know, I don't, I'm not, the only supplement I'm taking right now is, is pendulum glucose control. I mean, the only thing that's intended for my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying just acromancia on and off. Unfortunately, I was on only acromancia and not glucose control. And this thing went off and I flipped back to glucose control and it's hard to say whether or not it was, okay, I got a recovery because I became restrictive on my eating or I got a recovery partly because I was switched to, to something that had some more, um, I'm not remembering what's different in the glucose control. It, it has the probiotics that are good for butyrate. Um, butyrate, butyrate producers. That's what I was trying to come up with. Yeah. Um. And, and interestingly, I seem to have no negative and maybe a positive effect if I eat cheese. <laughs> so I think a while back, did you tell me that you um, had reduced your rice consumption? Um, I got all the way up to like four ounces of rice with every meal, but that was actually causing me to gain weight. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to be in a continuous cycle of gaining weight. So now I'm more like one and a half to two ounces of rice with every meal. And if I feel hungry when I'm done eating, I don't eat more rice. I eat more fruit. I eat more banana or more and berries or, um, so I'm trying to keep at least some berries in there someplace. I wasn't clear to me whether or not berries were the issue, but I've definitely been eating berries the last 24 to 48 hours. And to be coming at a point where I say, well, this is as good as I've been in a week and a half. Um, that makes me think the berries are not, that something else is a mm-hmm. trigger, not necessarily the berries. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, when you eat bananas, are they, are they very ripe or do you try to go for the, I try and go on the green side. I'm not going side. really green. I mean, they still have their, they vary from being, I'll just say nominally ripe to being nominally green. You know, they're never super, I shouldn't say never, occasionally I have a banana that gets old and I eat it anyways, you know, where it's got some brown spots on the outside and it just is a really sweet, ripe banana. Um, But I try to eat them sort of on the green side. I don't feel like they're that green, but my partner goes, I can't eat that. That's too green. (laughs) So. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking, and the, the, when you said dairy seems to make it better, well, it's only cheese is the only thing I'm cheese. eating. Okay. Yeah, I'm not eating other dairies. Like I, okay. I, I pretty much have given up on other foods that are supposed to be probiotics because it doesn't feel like it feels like they have more negative than positive. Mm-hmm. You know, like sauerkraut, which I have eaten at different times, or 
dill pickles that are made with brine and not made with vinegar or, you know, yogurts or, or things like that. I just haven't found any of those things seem to be have a positive effect. And then that makes me wonder if they have a negative effect. So I'm just not putting them in right now. Yeah, certainly there could be a histamine component or, or something there that doesn't drive with your system. Um, yeah, it's funny from a histamine standpoint, it's, I, I tend to think that if I have a histamine mission, it at least partly shows up in my, in my sinuses uh-huh. and my sinuses have been really good recently. I, okay. because I've trained myself, I think most of the time to be a mouth, to be a nose breather at night. I know I'm not always cause my partner still complains and kicks elbows me and says you're snoring and um so it's like i guess i guess i must be snoring um which to me says i'm not breathing all through my nose i'm breathing through my mouth too mm-hmm. um but i i definitely if i'm having trouble breathing through my nose it will often wake me up you know it'd be like i'm not able to breathe except for through my mouth i don't want to breathe through my mouth and that actually wakes me up so uh-huh uh-huh and did you reduce the amount of pendulum you're taking or are you still taking the normal amount? No, I'm taking two capsules a day. You are? Okay. I did a period of time where I actually took one acromancy and one pendulum a day. And then I realized that the acromancy was only supposed to be one a day anyways, according to their bottle. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like a weird thing of what am I doing? Taking one. And it, I, and then I switched and just switched to just taking um, glucose control again for a while and when it ran that bottle ran out i switched to acromancia but unfortunately i switched it about the same time as this all kind of blew up and so i switched back not okay. knowing not i'm not blaming the act that the lack of of the glucose control i just know that it was like okay eliminate that variable mm-hmm. yeah so um you know it, it it sounds like something again with a trigger maybe with a with the pizza maybe maybe not so i think you could kind of take a couple of different routes you could um you know add stuff in that's going to be more like healing and anti-inflammatory to the gut lining whether that's you know different types of polyphenols whether it's you know mucilaginous the molson herbs like slippery elm marshmallow licorice just for like a short two or three weeks yeah, of time so i could try to do more of the of the the slippery elm bark or things like that. As far as polyphenols go, I don't, I, I don't know for sure, but every time I've tried to add extra polyphenols, it just feels like it's irritating. Oh, you know, okay. like it just causes everything to get bad. Okay. Um, so I haven't had, you know, like for a while I was trying to do the, um, the apple skin powder or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I just didn't make it very far before I went. This just doesn't seem to be working. Yeah. Okay. That, that's fair. Um, the only thing I was sort of thinking of was going back, well, asking you, is there a, a more economical hydrochloric acid supplement that you'd recommend other than healthy gut? Oh, yeah. Yeah, basically. And I, I can get you a, here, I can. Because I'm sort of tempted. I just, it, it would be tempting to me to try and, because I certainly eat big chunks of meat you know, and, and some, a little bit of acid support might be helpful in getting that better digested and acid supposed to help with motility timing, right? I mean, it's supposed to help that dose of acid is supposed to help your body sort of know what it's doing. Is and, that the HCL from yeah. healthy gut? Okay. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. about. That's an, ex- I feel like that's an expensive and he's got some extra stuff in there, but that's an expensive yeah, and I've never but- tried anything other than that and 
and it wasn't. I never tried it in isolation really either. And so now I'm suddenly like, okay, I'm doing those things. What happens if I just add HCL to what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, anything that's betaine HCL with pepsin is good. And looking at one from Designs for Health, um, that's 120 caps for $26. Oh, okay. So one yeah. has one that's like you're getting 225 capsules for $37. But anything that's basically betaine HCL with pepsin, uh, you should be able to get something for under under 30. Okay. Yeah, because I and think that would be it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be worth a try. Just, just, just because I've never done it in isolation, I've kind of done it on top or with other things. And yeah, yep. You know, I and agree. I don't. Most days, I don't really mind my my restrictive diet, but it's it'd be nice if it'd be nice if I could actually get to a place where I said I thought everything was really good, and I don't think I've ever really gotten it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's more like. Oh, it got better. Like, you know, if I have a bowel movement three times or less a day, that's a good day. Mm-hmm. And on a bad day, I mean, last week when things were screwed up, I'd have six to eight bowel movements a day and none of them were satisfactory. And, mm-hmm. and you know, had kind of like the worst problems I've ever had for as bad as the worst problems I've ever had for like, oh, you know, it's not a fart. It's a bunch of mucus. Mm-hmm. Um. Soluble fiber, which I know we've talked about before. You know, I haven't found any way to get soluble fiber that in food that doesn't create a lot of extra gas for me. Okay. Did you try the sun fiber before? I used sun fiber for a long time. And when I cut it out, I saw absolutely no difference. Okay. All right. I mean, I was really dedicated to it for quite a length of time. And I might still have sun fiber and I could try putting it in without, at the time, maybe I was still eating some of the other foods that were creating issues, but mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I just sort of feel like, <laughs> I sort of feel like I, I, and the other thing is I definitely do really good when I decide to have a day where I skip two meals, you know, mm-hmm. it's not something I can su- sustain, but it's like, Oh, that, that, that can be the be- the best medicine for trying to bring things back in track for me, it seems like. And I don't, do it all the time. But like last week, it just happened that towards the end of the week, I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday, I basically ate one meal. Mm-hmm. So, and then it was like, oh, the next day things were dramatically better. Uh-huh. Have you tried reducing your fat load? Would that be something that would be doable? I know, you know. Um, certainly there was one of the, you know, this is the other thing is I don't oh, record. You, you my... did that before. Yes. I, yeah. I and I still it. kind of pay attention to it. And last week I probably ate a couple of really fatty pork chops. Um, they're from a really good source. Oh, what's that? Those are the best. Oh God. These, and this is, and not only that, but this is the guy I said who grows his pigs in the forest, yeah. you know, on the, in the, in the cascade range. And it, I mean, not in the, the coast range. And so it's just like, I, I have high confidence that this is, about as good a pig you can as you can get right and so it's like you really enjoy it but i can't really say that that was the cause because i was already messed up when i ate them you know it's just like and i've eaten some pretty fatty pork chops or some honestly fatty pork this was ones where it was all marbled through the fat through the you know their rib chops and they were just completely marbled it was amazing but i mean big not even marbled so much as big strips of fat in it um looked like bacon (laughs) 
I remember you talking about this pork, uh, one of the first calls I ever joined. <laughs> okay. Well, this this may not have been the same pork. The pork ah. I really loved when you first joined. I mean, I, there's two. And one of them wasn't necessarily this quality of pork, but it was the one that the guy finished on hazelnuts, which was okay. super tasty. And he's gone, unfortunately. Um, I, you know, got to enjoy his, his work for 10 years. So that was good. <laughs> one of the things, if you stay around long enough, you realize that things in life are never going to stay around forever. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, fat could be the issue. And, but generally I don't eat a lot of fat. Okay. Um, I, I would just be curious to see what happens if you, you know, did kind of the, the moderate, more moderate fat approach and added in rice again, uh, a, a little bit more rice per meal, just because okay. that does seem to, and the reason I bring up the rice is for some people, and maybe this is just you know, I, I don't know how much is getting at a root cause versus symptom management, right? But for some people, dairy can be kind of, you know, a little bit more constipating and slow down motility. Um, and so so can white rice, uh, rice in particular, but especially mm-hmm. white, white, white rice. And um, part of what might be going on is accelerated motility through the, the colon. And so if we can if we can stop that from happening so much, you'll be able to, you know, absorb more water and, um, you know, at least stool shouldn't be as loose. So that might be. Yeah. As an interesting aside to that, um, one of the days that was really bad last week was a day where um, I was able to, I'll just call it, hold my stool for the whole day, even though it wasn't necessarily comfortable that, but, even though it clearly my bowels had had some material in there for a long time, it was still really loose. Mm-hmm. And so just, it's just, I almost feel like, I don't know why I feel like this, but I sort of feel like it's more, is my small intestine dumping into my large intestine stuff? It shouldn't be. Yeah. The rather, rather than the large intestine. And then the large intestine doesn't work properly when that's the case. But when, you know, and so is there anything that would help? Like, that's why I was thinking HCL, because maybe it would help with the timing of the of the valve between the small intestine and large intestine. Yeah, you could have accelerated small intestinal motility. Um, something like, uh, or or that the stomach is is you know, dumping contents into the small intestine too fast. Right. So it's, it's hard to know where exactly that's happening. Um, but usually. I guess it's just, it's interesting because if I feel like I need to go to the bathroom, but I can somehow hold off, right. That alone doesn't seem to make moisture reabsorption better. Yeah, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't because it would depend on where in the large intestine that stool is. Oh, interesting. So where is the most, where are you expecting the moisture? So if, to well, I, I guess what I'm saying is if, if you're feeling like you have to go to the bathroom, that stool is already like in the, you know, the, the, in the, the lower distal part of the, yep. um, of the large intestine. And it might be like by that time it, 
it may not matter, right? It may be. Well, I'm I, 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 not saying you're wrong, but I just want to give you some more information. Mm -hmm. um, it's also not uncommon that if I have, I mean, one of the, the complicating issues I have is having hemorrhoids, right? And so sometimes when I have a bowel movement and things aren't working well, it's clear that I'm not really emptying my distal um, lower, you know, large intestine completely. Mm -hmm. And when that happens and I still don't, you know, like I go to bed and things are okay. Often when I first go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or in the early, early morning, I get a very small bowel movement, but it's a well-formed bowel movement. Like it did absorb the moisture from whatever was left. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Yeah. The, it's, the hemorrhoids do complicate, complicate matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I just, I just had my first appointment with a new practitioner with a new um, general practitioner. Well, she's a nurse practitioner, but with a, with a new um, primary care physician. And I had, I've switched back to a clinic that I liked in the past. And even though I didn't get the same practitioner, I really liked the practitioner and the, and the person I got. And one of the things we're going to look into is what could be done about my hemorrhoids. So if there's anything that can be done, I know there's a couple of things that can, at least one thing that can be done, which is banding, which I've had done once, which is really, really uncomfortable. So it doesn't last long, but. You don't get um, like postprandial fatigue, do you? Not usually. Nausea, I won't say cramping, abdominal pain. After eating? Yeah. Not commonly, no. Okay. I'm not going to say I never do, but it's pretty rare. Usually it's actually potentially the worst if... Right now, the biggest thing I notice, and I'm trying to figure out how to carry snacks when I ski, is that when the days I ski, I usually eat breakfast before six o'clock in the morning. And I try and snack before I get on the skis with some rice or some banana or some something that just provides me a, a and not a lot. I mean, it's probably, I'm probably not throwing in more than 20 grams of carbohydrates at the most, mm -hmm. but I really, by 11 o'clock in the morning, I probably need another snack or I need to stop and eat because if I wait too long, then I get pain. Okay. Um, okay. And I actually, and that's the only, it's not postprandial, right? It's, it's yeah. like, it's interesting to me because it's, it's the strongest, I'm hungry message in terms of pain that I ever get is when I'm skiing and I haven't eaten, you know, for five or six hours, I haven't eaten a real meal. So and, and that, that would make sense to me. Um, yeah. It's, it doesn't seem abnormal. It's just that I I've gotten to a point now where, um, and since I lowered my rice intake, I've also tried to make it that I up it on the days that I ski okay. or the days I mountain bike, if it's mountain biking, you know, it's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say, well, there are days where I'm really not putting out that much energy. So don't put so much in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, I was just asking because dumping syndrome, which is related to accelerated gastric emptying, um, like you have some of the symptoms that I would think would be related. Um, and interestingly, one of, we don't really know what causes it, but one of the hypotheses is, um, hypo or achlorhydria, so low stomach acid. But, um, usually we're also seeing like, uh, you know, um, those cramping, postprandial nausea, postprandial fatigue, that kind of thing, which. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as I'm, as long as I'm not eating a big dose of sugar, um, that's just giving me a huge whack. And it, okay. I'm trying to think of what else, the only other times I've sort of noticed it and I don't really eat egg whites that much, 
but a, a long time ago, before I was working with you, when I used to eat eggs for breakfast every day, during the week, I never seemed to notice that I had postprandial fatigue, but on the weekends, if I ate eggs for breakfast, I almost always had it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably I just, more of an inflammatory thing. Yeah. I, and, but it really since, uh, I'm trying to think if I can even date, date stamp this, but a long time ago when I drank coffee in the morning, I would, and I was eating completely differently. I would have postprandial fatigue after lunch and I would always counter it by having another cup of coffee or by having a Coca-Cola or something. And the minute that I cut caffeine out, the problem went away. Yep. You know, I stopped drinking coffee in the morning. I got past the withdrawal headaches that were only last a couple of days for me or whatever reaction I had. And, you know, I mean, like I ate lunch at work and don't ever have a drop right afterwards or afterwards. You know, I have a slow decline in my brain function late in the afternoon anyways, but. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is not necessarily abnormal. Um, we do kind of get that, that lower cortisol drop. Um, yeah. And, it, and, and I find that if I can find something that really either piques my interest or something I like to do rather than some of the things I have to do, that that can completely counteract that. You know, I, um, it was, I, I, I think you, I know that I've mentioned a lot on here that I read Mark Sisson stuff, or at least I read his weekly email that he calls Sunday with Sisson, um, which I enjoy because it's just sort of him pontificating about things that he thinks are interesting. Um, take it or leave it. But he had one that was really interesting and talking about, have you ever felt like you're being really low energy and just hanging around? You just feel completely like you can't barely drag off the couch. And some friend calls you up and invites you to do something really fun right then. And instantly you have energy, you know, and, yep. and I can, re- I can relate to that entirely. <laughs> like that can counteract. I feel like a slug on the couch or a slug that doesn't want to move around on a, on a day when I don't have to, if somebody happens to call me up and say, Hey, you want to go do this or, you know, something I really want to do. Right. Where it's not like at all challenges, like within seconds, I'm up and boom, got energy. So I try and find things like that that are either easy and interesting or something in the afternoons when I'm at work that I can get stuff done, but isn't the hardest thing I have to do anymore. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's a, a great thing to incorporate. If you can, I was trying to look back at your, uh, history, your history, your health plan. Um, I forget everything that people have tried. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty low fat at this point. Um, and certainly when I'm eating a couple burgers a day and, and eating, you know, some lamb for dinner or some, or a steak or, you know, a pork chop, most of the time the pork chops I get are not very fatty. They have a ring of fat around the outside, but it's not very thick usually. And, and, and I really haven't, you know, when things are working well, that much fat doesn't seem to be changing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ever try um, the serum-derived bovine immunoglobulins? SBIs? I think I probably did for a month once. Um, okay. I, cer- I certainly would be willing to. I mean, one of the things I, complete, I, I believe at this point is that, I mean, things are so different for me and what I eat now than they were five years ago and then where they were 10 years ago and i 
unfortunately, I wish I had like the perfect memory and could go back and go, yeah, you know, 10 years ago in, in the spring when I changed my eating three months later, everything was great or it was never great, but it was better, you know, but it was, I just remember it being so much better in so many ways that, you know, I can't really tell you how good certain things were, how bad they still were. Cause there was a comparison to, I always say that when I was 49, I felt 49. And when I was 51, I felt 35. And, and, you know, other than my digestive system, this is the thing I feel like I, I mean, I'm probably need more recovery time, which I expect right at age 61 than I did when I was 35, but I feel like I can go and put out and have probably better endurance now that I had when I was 35. Yep. Um, which is, you know, great. Um, yeah. here. have <laughs> you, you had a colonoscopy, right? Yes, it was. Um, I believe I just looked it up. It was like 2016. Okay. Um, and I'm not scheduled for another one then until 10 years later is what they said. Okay. Um, um they, yeah. Go ahead. you know, they didn't really say anything other than I had really two, two very small polyps near my rectum that they removed, but they said they were, you know, non-consequential and see you in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think the idea of trying the betaine HCL with pepsin is a good one. Um, I probably wouldn't try the SBIs with that, but that might be something to consider. Okay. Um, it's definitely, they're, they're slightly more expensive than the betaine HCL and, you know, the, the HCL is probably, well, it's hard to say if it's more of a, a needle mover, but I would start there. Let me give some thought as to what else you might try. It might just be one of those things where, you know, something really irritated your, your gut in your system. And how, how, how long ago was the pizza incident? Uh, pizza consumption? Uh, it was on Wednesday, not last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before. Okay. So but I mean, the other thing, amount of time to... the other thing is, and I, you know, what i I told you I was taught, listen to Chatterjee's podcast and he, and one of his more recent ones I listened to was somebody talking about foods that were good for your brain. And in there, when he was talking about negatives about the processed seed oils, he was talking about a mouse study where the gut permeability went way up from, from those things, from, from seed oils. Um, and I definitely you know, ate a bunch of corn chips last weekend and corn alone doesn't seem to be the problem, but the corn chips, of course, are made with seed oils because I barely, I mean, I haven't found any store anywhere in Portland where I can buy corn chips that aren't made with seed oils. <laughs> I could buy potato chips, but I can't buy corn chips. Yeah. Um, I've thought about buying them online. I found people who make them with either olive oil or avocado oil. So um, either one, which might be better. And not that I'm going to go around eating corn chips all the time, but we had some friends over and we played some games and we had some corn chips and salsa out. Now the salsa might have been the issue too, but I don't think so. I eat ketchup every day and it doesn't seem to be an issue. Like my system gets better or worse and I'm the ketchup's always there. And I've, I haven't eliminated and I've eliminated a few times or a few days in a row where I have no ketchup. I can't tell any difference. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. The other yeah. thing would be to try to add in some of those, those, anti-inflammatory type herbs just for a couple of weeks to see if you can accelerate the healing process if there was some irritation that went on. So when you say that, you mean like the licorice root? 
Mm-hmm. Licorice chill- root, slippery yeah. elm, marshmallow. Yeah, I still yeah. got, I think I still have some of that mix that you can make the tea from. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, let me, let me give it a little bit more thought to see if there's anything else that comes to mind. Yeah. When it comes to the, the mix of the sort of the herbs that are supposed to be healing, at least anecdotally, I feel like I've had a negative response when I eat, when I drink that in terms of like my gut not feeling well. Do you drink Um, it on, it might be the, uh, you drink it on an empty stomach. um, That's a good question. I don't remember. It might be the tannins in those those herbs. Um, tannins and, are high in tea as well, um, and those yeah. can kind of cause some gut issues. So I would maybe try to consume a little bit after you eat. Oh, after I eat? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I can't remember what I tried, but I if yeah. I make some up, I'll try it after I eat. Yeah, just, just give it a try. Um, and it, it's possible that's why you didn't feel great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Of course. Thanks. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll give it a little bit more thought for, for both of you. And if I, thank you, if anything else yeah. comes to mind, um, I'll report back. Okay, great. I did have one more question. So start doing the low fat and the bit of a diet modification. Would you also do the enzymes in the HCL? I still have some, both of those left digestive enzymes from healthy gut and HCL from healthy gut. I don't know. Or again, are you just throwing too many factors? If it does work, then I'll be like, well, what was it? And then we can probably, back down. yeah, I, I would probably leave. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if, if you just want to throw everything to see if it gets better, that's one thing, but I would probably say minimize variables you're changing. Like don't hyper minimalize, minimal, minimize, minimize them. Um, but I, I probably would keep those out for now. Okay. And return to them if needed. But it is good them later. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, and I did, I was doing two probiotics a day and the magnesium every night. And I, again, one of those things I definitely don't think was a cause, but in looking back at when I had upped the probiotics from one to two and just knowing anything with magnesium could potentially, I think aggravate the gut or be a motility enhancer when I was having a bit of diarrhea at the beginning of this spurt. So I did cut out the magnesium and I cut back the probiotic. Do you think I should bring those back in? I haven't had any diarrhea in well over a week. I would Um, maybe bring the magnesium back in. It's a glycinate form. Yeah. Glycinate. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, a capsule of that is not going to be the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would bring that back in, but I would maybe keep the probiotic to to where it is right now. Again, just so that you're not, yep, you're not changing too many things. And then if it's needed, that's another lever to pull with the uh, the enzymes and the HCL and whatnot. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you'd mentioned higher carbs and more like the whole grains and stuff. What about white potatoes and white rice? Are those considered whole grains? Uh. Uh, no, but I would say that, you know, white rice, like I mentioned, a sort can be a little bit more constipating. Yeah. So, so maybe interesting just, to hear. you know, be careful I with that one. Uh, white potatoes are fine. Uh, sweet potatoes, fine. Again, white and sweet potatoes are probably going to have a, hey, stop. Sorry. Um, scared me. Hold on one, one second here. Oh, sorry. Um, 
the uh, white potatoes or sweet potatoes are probably going to be have a they they will have a similar macro or micronutrient and macronutrient profile, and they're not going to be as dense as the you know uh, plantains and you know your whole grains and like your legumes. I'm so sorry about him, um, but still, absolutely keep them in. They're they're great sources of carbohydrates. Okay. What brown or black rice would that be better? Different, good, good for certain things. I mean, I know the white rice is more the butyrate producer. And I do eat a lot of white rice. So when you had said could be constipating that I took note of that even. Yeah. So, um, I think that it's, it's probably going to be the white rice. That's the, the, the most constipating. Some people find rice in general is, is, kind of more constipating than other, other types of carbohydrates. Um, but of, of the rices, the, you know, black rice, pink rice, brown rice are going to be going to be better probably. Okay. Otherwise, um, any kind of potatoes, they're just not as, mm -hmm. as dense plantains. Yep. Plantains are great. They're, they're quite carbohydrate rich. Um, legumes, different kinds of legumes. Um, fruit i would you know don't shy away mm -hmm. from fruits especially that like the higher like not just berries but the other you know bananas and and um you know apples and mangoes and stuff like that um pears this time of year um any fruits other root vegetables will be like you know beets and and um stuff like that or our parsnips are good but again they're not going to be as um as dense some of yeah. those other carbohydrate sources you could um you know if you really need to you could add in you know some honey maple syrup that kind of thing but um yeah i would probably try to stick to the you know mm -hmm. the the whole whole food i'm not that those aren't whole food carbohydrates but you know yeah. the um the, the starchier carbs and the fruits okay oats, yeah, oats are great um yeah a lot of oats we'll do a lot. okay and steel cut oats, um, old fashioned oats, any, any of the above are fine. Yeah. Um, thinking of like starchy sides for side dish for a meal type of thing, where it's usually where we do quinoa, rice, potato. Um, I might leer, lean away from the rice quite as, as much as I have been doing it, do more of the potatoes, but then try and bring in more of the legumes and plantains also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if you have potatoes, maybe you have a larger serving, um, or maybe you have some, some fruit afterward just to kind of bump the cards up, carbs up that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's a good, another good kind of like sub experiment to run, um, just kind of in the background is what happens if you are, you know, you go, you back off on the rice a little bit and, and focus on some of those other carbohydrates. Okay. And thinking of the Ohio trip and potential trigger again, one of those doesn't seem like it should be, but I, I think I mentioned last week I had, and it was more in the context of having cholesterol lipid levels drawn, but I had I like five meals in a row of really fatty steak two, two, two days out to dinner and took other people's leftovers even really. And, you know, had like steak and eggs the next day and steak on my rice bowl in the airplane that I made. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, and it was fattier than most things, most, you know, steak, I would just make at home. If that could have potentially been a trigger, who knows, but 
Yeah, certainly possible. There. All right, thank you. I know this You're is welcome. a long one. No, that's okay. Um, it's it's uh it's great that you two join because otherwise it would just be me and that would be super boring. Me and Cooper. Yeah, you and no questions. That'd be really fun, huh? <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Tracy, uh, yes, thank you it. very much because you're when I get to listen to you talk, it makes me think about things on my own system. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, same. I got some good info from from hearing you. So cool. Yep, okay. it's kind of that group session type thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks, guys. Do you do you mountain bike during the winter, Tracy? Uh, somewhat. Th this year, I think was the first we didn't make it out in. Definitely not in January. Maybe not in December. We had like a streak of almost three years where we gone at least once a month, but this. Mm last couple months we haven't this weekend looks promising oh, okay yeah because my partner and i i think we're about to get a van that we're going to put at least a bed and four mountain bikes in the back oh. of so um might try and connect with you and go mountain biking yeah definitely we'll meet you somewhere or if you're in central oregon no it would be oh. central we'd, we'd come to bend where it's dry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool all right thanks everybody all right bye guys yep bye, bye, -bye.